Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Thank you, Lord. We always find mercy and grace to help us when we come here. It is our time of need. We've submitted ourselves to you, and we expect you to come through for us, as you always do. You have a word for us today, Father, and we are so thankful. We're here to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So today we're going to talk about heavenly medicine. Amen. Heavenly medicine, because God's word is just that. It is medicine to all of our flesh. God's word cannot touch you without touching your need. He always touches the needs of people who come to him. I mean, I don't care who it is, where it is. Uh, God has intent. He's not frivolous like man is. He's not wasting time. He's not gimmicky. He's not uh, in any way dark, you know, not deceiving, nothing like that. So there is purpose in everything that he does, and there is purpose in the ministry of God that he left in this earth. He left it to the church, and the church uh, must endeavor to take up the mandate that God has left us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, our job is to preach it. His work, His job is to confirm it with signs following but we have to preach something that a sign will follow. See, that's always the problem. People preach what they want to preach. They preach a maybe and, a, you know, they skirt around things that they think are difficult. Well, it's maybe difficult for you, but not for God. Amen. He tells us to tell it anyway. You know, sometimes your best preaching is to, to sick people is to read the Bible to them. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of going in with a lot of conversation and trying to be a high-powered this or that, sometimes it's just best to read a scripture. I was listening to Brother Hagen talk about this, and he talked about the fact that when he was first starting in ministry, he pastored. And uh, he said they never had anybody die, anybody that was, was you know, he said less older people that had lived out their days. But uh, he said many times he would find even elderly people that were terminal and were given up to die. And he he said if he could convince them, to receive their healing, he just went and he would sit for days and hours at a time reading the Bible to his his uh, church members. And I thought that was a wonderful way for him to verify uh, God's healing power, number one. I mean, as a minister, you can't get too many people healed because people are sick all the time. The devil's attacking people all the time. And so he was able to spend the time. He said, I would do it now. He said, but there's, I, I don't, because of the growth of the ministry, I just don't have time to do it like I used to. He said, but I, I found out that this works. He said, it works on everybody. He said, I would have older people who were sick and say, no, I'm, I'm ready to go home with the Lord. And they said, no, I'm not going to let you go sick. Let God heal you first and then you go healed. And he would talk them out of dying. Isn't that amazing? And and I think we need to have more people with that kind of faith in the earth. You know, I mean, I mean, we all want it, but but we never seriously ask God for it. 
God, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to convince people to continue to live and not die because they don't have to. They can always go heal. They don't have to go sick. They can go heal. And I believe if we would devote ourselves to that, just find out, God, what do I need to do? What kind of word do I need to speak to this person? What do I need to do? Put me on the schedule. Brother Hagen said he would go every day, spend an hour, half hour, two hours, whatever it took, till God said, you know, this is enough for the day, come back tomorrow. And he said, gradually he would see them improve, and then, you know, the day would come. They said, well, I'm healed, I'm up, I'm ready to get back to living again. And he said he had many people like that, many people like that. So it's not like it's a select few. Or it's something that God will do sometimes with certain people. Amen. He will do it for anybody who will take up his word and obey his word. And I think that's a wonderful thing. The simpler, the better. Amen. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a special person. It doesn't have to be special circumstances. Just people who obey the word of God. And that's the best place Thing about it. So um, if you'll turn to Luke chapter 4 and we'll talk about the purpose of the anointing and, and how heavenly medicine comes into the earth and why it comes into the earth. We'll just do a little bit of background here. In Luke 4.18 we see where Jesus talked about the spirit of the Lord being upon him and he had anointed him to preach. Number one to speak By unction of the Spirit, the Word of God. That's what preaching is. Preaching is always appropriate. It's appropriate to the situation. It's never some kind of of out-of-this-world, pie-in-the-sky, special revelation, God told me this, and it's, it's just so simple. You know, many times we have meetings, and people come there with needs, and the needs are never preached about. I'm going to say it again. That's why people pay little attention sometimes when we're, we're accustomed to going to churches where you just went to get checked off. You know, many times we weren't saved when we attended church and some of those old unsaved habits cling to us after we know God. You know, and you come to a church where, where the anointing is there and the preacher flows with the anointing. What that means is that the Holy Spirit will give that minister words that are appropriate to correct the problems that are facing him right there in the congregation. Now, you, I, I, God's not going to give me something to preach that doesn't apply to every single person sitting here. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God for it. Because he's not wasting our time with a lot of uh, unrelated stuff and a lot of stuff that doesn't get to the, the the crux of the matter, you see. And so it's 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 in Jesus was this way when he preached, every need was addressed in every word that he spoke. Every word was appropriate. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel with purpose. Amen. With with an idea in mind to do something for the people who who take the time to sit and listen. So you should be the better every time you come into to an assembly of believers and you hear the preach word. You should leave out healed. 
Amen. Or at least with a deposit. I'm not saying all your symptoms will, will leave all at once, but there is something that get healed in us every time we sit and hear the word. We should be able to receive like that. Amen. And so if, if we'll do that, then we'll, is sometimes, you know, if there's, there's physical symptoms, it may take some time and patience for us to receive that. The totality of it. You know what I'm saying? But that's why you come back on a regular. That's why you don't forsake assembling. That's why you don't go wandering off somewhere and drop where God assigns you. You understand what I'm saying? You stay with where God placed you. Sheep should eat in their own pen. They shouldn't be wandering around looking for food everywhere. Amen. God's assigned you. He's got certain nutrients in this assembly for the people who are here. He's got certain things for you when you're here. He's got certain everything for you. And so if you you go, it's about being led by the good shepherd. Where is he leading you? Amen. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said he's anointed me to do these specific things. So the anointing that's left to the church does these things. It to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and told the people this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Amen. So I'm here. And when I preach, you can expect this to happen. You can hold me, you can hold me to this promise. Amen. Every preacher that gets up should be able to tell people what they're going to get at the end of that sermon. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of saying we're going to take an offering and you get nothing. Well, I'll go on to something else. I'm not going to stop there. You understand what I'm saying? We shouldn't be, this should not be a mindless exercise. This should not be some kind of excursion to see uh, if if they'll get tantalized by my latest revelation. You should preach with the purpose of seeing people healed, seeing them delivered. Amen. Seeing them, seeing them uh, receive their sight, symptoms leave, all that kind of stuff. That should be prominent in our preaching and in our teaching or else it's in vain. What are we doing here? If it's not going to affect a cure to the people who so badly need it. And so the, the anointing that's on the church, the anointing that Jesus left for us, the anointing that he carried, it's all the same anointing. It has not changed. Amen. There's no anointing for you to get people out of debt. There's no, people get out of debt because they obey God. In fact, they shouldn't be in debt if they know anything about God. Amen. Debt, debt is a, a, a bygone thing if you're walking with the good shepherd. Amen. And so when we understand these things, when we understand that you can obey your way into the promises of God, you can obey your way into the liberty of the sons of God, into the health, the wholeness, and the freedom. Amen. You should be in health as your soul prospers, in health and well. So there's no reason we should be uh, worried about money and concerned about money. All you got to do is be concerned about getting in the Word and filling your heart with the Word of God and obeying God. Everything that's for you is going to come to you. You can only get what God has ordained for you to have. (laughs) That's hard enough. 
And we want to twist his arm and get something extra. You got me? That's not possible. Amen. He's, he has to do things according to his will. And so that's what he wants. He wants us to be healthy and wealthy in the same proportion. As your soul prospers, get your soul to prospering first and you'll see how much wealth God will give you. You won't see it until you get your soul to prosper. He's not going to give great finances to somebody who's deranged in their thinking, who wants to consume it on their lust. He's not going to do that. Amen? And so you, you get your soul, you get your ducks in order. You settle down and let God begin to teach you some things. Meditate on his word. Learn how to enrich your mind with the word of God. Learn how to go and share Christ with somebody. Get some people healed. Get them into church. Get them saved. All those, those, that comes from a prosperous soul, folks. And so he doesn't give, make millionaires out of people who won't go out and, and have compassion on the lost and on the sick. It's not going to happen. Not from God. You might get it, but you won't get it from God. Amen. He knows what he's doing. And so when we think about that anointing, we know that it came to alleviate human suffering. Amen. To preach the gospel to the poor in spirit. Amen. That's what he's talking about. People who are panting. Because the world has beat them up. People who are broken hearted because sin has got them into trouble and caused them to be disappointed all their lives. It's the human experience. In fact, when you look at this scripture, think about what drove you to get saved. Huh? What prompted you? That was you. He describes you in this, this passage of scripture. He describes everybody who comes to him in this passage. Yeah, we were broken hearted because we were disappointed about some things. You know, I was facing a husband that wanted out of our marriage. Amen. A, a nervous breakdown. I, I wasn't looking to, for any kind of money. Money was not going to help me. In fact, we had money. But money wasn't what my need was. Amen. I needed somebody to heal my soul. Because I had fragments of my soul everywhere. Depression spirit had part of it. A suicide devil had part of it. A discouragement devil had part of it. A hopeless spirit had part of it. A give up spirit had part of it. So he deals with what's necessary to keep your life together. You needed a savior. You needed a friend. You needed somebody you could depend on. That's where we all come to Christ. Amen. And he, the, the anointing that Jesus carries and that the church carries does exactly that when we preach. Preach the things that people need. Preach repentance. Preach, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've watched you and I see, you know, you're struggling to, to, to get your life right. You need Jesus to give you the power to do that. You can't do that on your own. It's good that you want to live right, but you got to do it the right way. But if you'll accept Christ, He will give you the power to live right. Amen. He will heal you. He'll heal your marriage. Heal your children. Heal everything about you. Amen? And that's what he's talking about here. He wants to set at liberty them that are bruised. You've been beat up by life. You don't trust anybody. You don't like anybody. You don't want to be around people. 
You don't want to go to church. You want don't, don't want to do it because you don't trust anybody. Well, the anointing comes in to heal your bruises. Everybody's been beat up by life. The devil hates everybody. He beats up everybody he can get. <laughs> I mean, he's no respecter of persons when it comes to beating you up and treating you wrong. It's true. He's after everybody. You know, the saints are saying, well, you know, uh, God called me to a great call. That's why the devil. Well, why was he beating you up before you got saved? You know, I started teaching on healing. He's after me. No, you wasn't teaching on healing when you was out in the word fornicating and getting high. He was after you then. In fact, he had you then. Refused to let you go. <laughs> so uh, that's no indication of anything. You know, now sometimes that'll happen. There's some people who are anointed to the degree that they'll trigger the devil when, you, you know, when they do certain things. But they make him bow down. If he gets up, they make him bow down again. If the anointing triggered him, then the anointing will knock him out cold while you go and do what God tells you to do. He can't stop anything. It never stopped Jesus. It won't stop you. Just ask for the same anointing. Amen. And quit making and faking your own. You know, this ain't no shake and bake kingdom. You can't fake your own anointing. I'm anointed to do this. No, do this first. That's well and good, but do this first. Amen? Do the thing that God puts you here and everybody else, all the believers here to do, is do his will. Do what he put us here to do. Amen? So all humanity needs healing. So Jesus' ministry came to heal the broken, the bruised, the discouraged, everybody. And they were impressed with what he said because they said his word was with power. That's the difference between just reading the word and preaching the word. It's got power. The Holy Spirit grabs on to that word. People who are filled with his spirit have that word that power projecting out when they speak the word of God so all humanity needs healing period may not be physical in fact Jesus didn't even speak specifically to physical problems in this this passage but we know he healed people he came to bind up the brokenhearted to to heal the bruises bruises of life have to do with physical sickness as well as emotional mental you know he healed people of their emotional and mental scars because they followed him you don't follow anybody that you don't you don't feel uh, uh want you around so jesus preaching gave peace to everybody that they were welcome to god they were welcome to the things of god and so that's why they followed. so that's a healing in itself you can be a friend of God. You don't have to run from him now. You can follow him. Amen? You can feel peace with him. You can invite him into your situation. There were insiders and outsiders. Amen? The people who felt they were inside were willing to leave the life that they knew and come over into the kingdom. They followed Jesus because his words that he he preached gave them hope, peace, encouragement. Wouldn't you follow somebody like that? He even he would even 
respond to the requests of people who didn't follow him. Remember the, the centurion with the sick servant? He told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy. for." In other words, I'm not going to follow you. I'm not promising to be like these people. You don't have to come. It's not for me. It's for my servant. And I know you'll heal him because you're a compassionate man with authority. You see what I'm saying? And so even people who have that distant thing but know how to add things up, (laughs) you know, so that they can understand and release their faith. Jesus said, I haven't seen so great faith. That man's faith leaped over his God that he worshipped, his his toe up from the flow up household that he lived in. You understand what I'm saying? His paganism that they walked in and allowed Jesus to see he had faith for a servant to be healed because he knew God was a God of compassion. And 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 this is the sum. This is the way you sum it up. I'm not going to let that centurion have more faith than I do. I'm not going to let his faith outdo mine. I know I have faith in me to be healed and to receive everything that Jesus has for me. Amen. And that's that's the way you live your life. Just, just, okay, God, I believe you. I trust your word. You say you're anointed to do these things and I need them bad. So I'm expecting you to do them. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to keep my heart filled with your word. I'm going to meditate on your word. And I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to respect your word to do what it says it will do. Amen. So his word repairs damage. All things are made by the word. Everything that was made, it says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Let me just read that for you. John 1. And that same in the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He's talking about Jesus, the living word. All things were made by him. Everything was made by Jesus, the living word. Everything was made by God, by his word. And without him was not anything made that was made. Everything was that was made was made by God in his word. He said, let there be and there was everything. In him was life. And that life was light. His life brought light to you and me. Amen. Light means that now we're touched by God. And that, and life comes forth from that. And it's the kind of light that's so powerful the darkness can't put it out. The reason we see so many Christians backslide is they love the darkness. You hate to say it, even though they come to church, they seem to love God. But there's something in them that refuses to let darkness go. And and, and they choose darkness. It's not that they don't have light in them. It's not that they're not saved. Not that they're not called of God. They make a choice. You can choose darkness. You can choose to live in in the darkness of the world. You know, people give themselves a little taste of it. Get a flesh, a little taste of it to keep it alive. (laughs) God's killing it every day if you stay in the word. But pretty soon they quit listening to the word. They quit. They quit. They think that's for baby Christians. I used to do that and be dependent on the word like that. I've heard people say that. 
talk about being in bondage to the word and all this. Honey, I would, I would sign me up if I could, if I could shackle myself to this Bible and make it real to me. Just sign me up for it, Amen. I like that bondage. (laughs) So the word must come into us to remake us. We've been repaired. We've been damaged by life. Everybody has. Don't be so quick to tell everybody uh, in the church how bad your life was. Because there's some people that have some stories. Man, I was listening, watching a a healing minister, and and this lady came up, and she had a son who was sick, um, diabetic, as a matter of fact. Little boy, he's like, maybe like eight or nine years old, recently diagnosed with diabetes. And she came up, and she was in tears. And, you know, well, the anointing's there to, to break that yoke, you know, and set everybody free you know partake of it when it was her time to tell what she came up for she talked more about herself than she did about her son huh she couldn't wait to tell everybody that her husband was an alcoholic he wouldn't come into the church. He dropped her off, but he wouldn't come in. And he beats her, and the neighbors call the police, and he won't do this. And then, and then oh, by the way, my little boy's diabetic. And the minister prayed earnestly for him, and, and the little boy went out under the power. The next night, she was right back in the healing line. He was still on insulin. So her faith was not working to get him healed. Many people come in there and and a relative gets healed long distance. Why? Because their faith is working for that. See, her faith was not in getting her little boy healed. She wanted to tell her story. And they're on international television. And she tells everybody how mean her husband is. See, her faith was going into, you know, and in the same same meeting, he gets a word of knowledge about a woman that was locked under uh, a staircase when she was a child. He said, I don't know who this person is, but God wants you delivered from that. He said, I know you might be embarrassed, but please come up because God gave me that word for you. He said, and she came up, she was in her 50s, and she said, I have never told anybody about that. She said, but it was very hurtful to me. She said, all my life I've had problems. She said, I have had eating disorders. I've had drinking problems. I've had, she said, I could never bring myself to tell anybody how much my grandmother abused us when we were children. Her grandmother was a prostitute. And she locked them under the stairs so that they wouldn't come out. Do you understand what I'm saying? So she was doubly embarrassed. I say all that to say, I don't care how much, how bad your situation is, there's somebody else that's worse. You understand what I'm saying? This lady has a choice. Right now, she can pray for her husband to get delivered and saved. You understand? There's hope for her. And her little boy won't have to live in a horrible situation. But this lady, there was nothing for her. She had to endure that. Endure the shame, the embarrassment, all of that stuff for years. 
So you don't know when you get ready to get up and tell your story how bad your life is. There's somebody always with another story. We've all got a story. That's why the anointing came to heal everybody who's beaten, bruised, tarnished, misused, whatever label you want to put on it. Amen. It came to heal that. Instead of us trying to fill our life with things to heal it ourselves. You get under this anointing. You get under the word. You won't need so much other stuff you think you need to have a happy life. What we want, happy life. You understand what I'm saying? You need to have a God happy life. You know, change God changed my heart so my happy will be on something else. You know, amen, instead of the things of this world forever. Amen. So the world, the word of God must correct and cure the damage caused by sin. Whether it was sin we committed, sin that fell to us through inheritance, familiar spirits follow us, convince us that disease is our portion. Amen. Convince us that some kind of bondage is our portion. You know, all the, what we call generational curses, they're just manifestations of familiar spirits assigned to constantly eat at your brain and convince you that, that weakness, sickness, poverty, all of that is legitimate in your life. Amen. Instead of you being able to convince yourself that the word is for you, that the word is true, that the word is your portion, the kingdom is your portion. Amen. So the word has to come in and repair damage, to bind up the brokenhearted, to to uh, uh, um, uh, for the poor in spirit to be enriched. See, you're rich because God lives in you. Amen. You don't have to prove anything to anybody by having a a, a brand new house, a brand new car, a brand new this, a brand new. You don't have to prove, and you don't have to prove it to yourself that you're rich. You can be rich in the things of God and and never touch anything for yourself (laughs) if you know how to live. When God's your portion, you care less about this world's goods that perish with the using or the not using. Amen. There's some people that don't get around to, you ever been through your basement but for real though? (laughs) And examine that treasure trove of boxes that's been there since you moved in the house. Huh? They perish with the using. You look in there and say, wow, if I had known this was in here. Well, you put it in there. You should know where it is. Amen. How to use this a long time ago. <laughs> Amen. So... <laughs> First of all, heavenly medicine, which is the word of God, comes to us. Proverbs 4.20 tells us, My son, attend to my word. Incline thine ear to my saying. I remember when God told me years ago to begin each healing school with that scripture. He said, if people don't believe that the word is medicine, it will not heal them. So sometimes you just got to get back to the basics and go back to Proverbs 4 and start meditating on that. And let your soul quit fighting every word that comes to you that says you're healed. 
quit your mind, let your mind quit wandering to to symptoms and looking at them to convince you that you're healed. Amen. And and so when when it says give attention to my word, it means don't give attention to the natural realm. Incline your ear to my word because you're going to need to live over here in this realm where the world word is real. Where you put your faith and confidence in the word, not in what you see and not in what the symptoms are and not in anything. Pre, pre, pre-dose yourself with the word of God when you go into certain situations. Amen. My brother here, you, you start meditating on the word all the way over to see your wife. Don't go over there and wonder how she's going to be today. You determine how she's going to be today. You understand me? You determine it. God, I'm going in there to get her healed today. I'm going in here to get her in her right mind today. And just meditate before you go in there. And let that be. You let, take authority. Take charge. Let that be your portion. God, I'm the medicine you're sending to her today. All that other stuff is secondary. But I carry the medicine of the word in there to my spouse. You see what I'm saying? It's very, very powerful. It's very, very powerful. If we will take charge and quit looking at what it looks like or what we think it looks like, we don't see right anyway when you look in the natural. Huh? Because you can't see what God's doing underneath where the word's working. He works in the invisible realm. I'm going to say it again. Why are you looking in the natural for the results? He works in the invisible realm. Amen. When he called the world into existence, there was nothing there. Nobody could say God's word was not working because there was nothing there to compare it to. So he put stuff there by what was inside of him. Amen. The word was inside of God. And when he spoke it out, the Holy Spirit caused it to manifest what he spoke. God can't make any mistakes, folks. He can't lie. So there's no mistake in him. When you ask him for healing, you get healed. You understand? You need to start meditating on the word so you begin to expect what he's getting ready to deliver. If your mind stays full of what's wrong, what you don't have, what hurts, what it looks like, you're not going to let him manifest what he wants to manifest. He's trying to get us to to catch up where, where his meditation is. His meditation is healed and whole, pain-free, normal, in every way, the way he created us. He's he's He has that picture in his mind all the time. He's waiting for us to start meditating on the word so we catch, we get in agreement with what he wants to do. And see, we're scared to focus on the word long enough. We're so busy looking at what it looks like in the natural. Huh? <laughs> you know, all blind people ain't aren't poor victims some of them have more sight than we do (laughs) they don't have much to compete with what's on the inside of them get the word inside of them (laughs) see what happens 
So God is remaking us by the word. Amen. He's removing things that shouldn't be there, things the enemy put there, weaknesses, sicknesses, deformities, damages, all of that. And he's repairing us by the word. The word must correct and cure all the damage that's caused by the old life. Sin, iniquity, things people put in us that were wrong. We got to be willing to let them go. Amen. The worst thing you can do is make excuses for anything that's wrong in your life. Especially when God points it out. I'm not talking about people picking on you and criticizing you. They don't know what's wrong with them. So, you know, leave that alone. But even if people do criticize you, take to God and ask him, God, is this true? Is there any truth to this? What do I do about this? Can you help me with this? Is this something that's an issue to you? You understand what I'm saying? You'll find out God has you on a schedule that he designed. People try to get you off God's schedule. By nitpicking your faults, pulling apart what you don't do right, not letting you forget it. You got me? Well, you find out what schedule God's got you on, you know. Bless them, pray for them, help them, whatever you need to do for them. But you find out where God wants you to be. Amen. And go get there. <laughs> Amen. So the word, not nothing was made without the word. The word made everything. The word will correct everything. The word will fix everything. The word will heal everything. The word will manifest everything that it says it will. So then once you understand that there's heavenly medicine in the word, you'll find out that that medicine can do everything that needs to be done. Everything a surgeon can do, the word can do. Everything that a, a, a transplant can do, the word can do. Everything that a a um, a pill can do, the word can do. Amen. So you'll find that the word is is what will cause to manifest every health, every healing, everything that we need. When we take the word in and pay attention to it, think about it for a while, mull it over in your mind. Don't just sit here and let it go in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, like it's a freeway or something. Amen. And the Detroit freeway, the sign says 70 and most people do 90. Amen. Don't let your word that comes into you get on the Detroit freeway. Uh, Praise God. When I was a, a, a hick Ohioan, I wasn't a hick, I lived in the city, but man, when I got up here, I said, vroom, 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 vroom. I said, you know what, if I don't break the law, I'm going to get run over up in this place. Amen. Everybody zoomed by you. And you could feel when that, that spirit would start to lift you into the flow of things. You could feel it grab onto you. And I said, man, this thing is hard to resist. I'm just going to have to get on here real fast and get on off of here, you know. <laughs> Quit this nonsense. Amen. <laughs> you see, and people aren't aren't bad drivers. You know, they're not reckless drivers. I know they just pick it up with a number of paces, you know. 
So they all ought to be in Germany. They don't have any limits on their autobots over there. They do what they want to do, but you know, it's 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 just that way sometimes. So so we have to allow that word to come into our minds and park it there. Just let it park. Put it in neutral. Don't let it drive off real fast out of your mind. And begin to meditate on it. When you meditate on the word, you begin to mull it over. You begin to savor it. You begin to to taste all aspects of it. When the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good, that means meditate on the word. Mull it over. You know, like you'll go to these, uh, they have these things, these wine tastings. Not that I go. I used to back in the world. Did some everything back there. I was done with the world. world was done with me when I left. So there's no looking back. But I can remember a few things. And they would tell you, you know, and, and you know, when you're ghetto born and pretty much ghetto raised, you get your little shoddy and knock it back real quick and go somewhere and nod out. That's how you drank wine. Huh? was Thunderbird, MD-2020. They call it Mad Dog because you was crazy to drink it and crazy when you drank it. So you knocked it back real quick. I didn't know nothing about nothing with no cork in it. Huh? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I used to watch Frasier though. Frasier reruns. Just watch it. And that brother of his, Niles, well, their dad was dating Marsha Mason. I don't know what her name was in the thing, but, you know, Marsha, she's just a real good actress and a funny character, period. But she was dating the dad, but she was too low class for Frasier and, and Niles. And so they didn't want her to come to dinner, and the dad insisted. And she showed up, and she said, "I brought you guys something." And she she said, "I brought wine," and it's in one of those cartons that you get in the grocery store. And Niles looked at it, he was trying to lift it and not lift, look at it and lift it with a thumb. And he said, "Well, it's a cute little box it's in too, not a bottle of box, you know." And, they belong to this wine club and, you know, they want to get up to taste so-and-so year and all that kind of stuff. And she brings wine in a box, so. <laughs> a plastic garden. But anyway, they tell you that wine should not be just knocked back and drunk. So they have classes in how to taste wine. You swish it around in your mouth. You savor it. You might spit the first part out because, you know, you tasted that aspect. You go get another one. Blah, 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 blah. We should do that with the word. That's what I'm saying. Don't let it be on the freeway. Oh, I-75 zooming in through your brain and then you go and you're ready for something else already. I heard that before. I know that scripture. Huh? We do that with things we hear. Over and over, we don't respect that it's it's coming to you again because you need it again because you didn't get it the last time we sat here and you let it zoom through your brain. 
nor did you read it when you got home, like you said you're supposed to. You understand? You didn't savor it. You didn't appreciate it. Huh? Yeah, the word is referred to as wine. The life of God is wine. You're supposed to, it's a hint there. You're supposed to savor it like something you like. You like the word. Let it meditate on it. Keep it before your eyes. Hide it in your heart. Think about it over and over and over again. Let it wash your mind. Cleanse your mind out of doubt and fear and all kinds of things that want to hinder the life of the word. Let it bring life to you. Amen? And so you you drink wine that way so that you can enjoy it. Amen? He wants you to enjoy all good things. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah eight twenty two. that's a familiar one. Is there no balm in Gilead? Amen. Is there no physician there? Why not? Why is not my daughter's wound healed? I think it says. Let me go to it and make sure. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 8. God is looking to heal his people. He's always been looking to heal his people. People, The people are perished for lack of knowledge and bad words in their mouth. Amen. 8.22, he says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? Why then is not the health of my daughter's people recovered? Amen. Why is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? In other words, why not? Why are not my people healed? Why are they not whole? You mean there's no balm in Gilead? Amen. Now that's really kind of a I don't know how you could phrase it um, tongue in cheek kind of uh, not really an oxymoron I don't think but it's it's a rhetorical I guess you could say kind of question um God always depended on his word to heal people but he knew that they were taking a shortcut by using medicine so the balm of Gilead really was a form of medicine Amen. Uh, the plant, it came from the balsam plant and it, it, it is said that that plant was actually a transplant it doesn't grow naturally there not originally naturally supposedly it was a transplanted plant from Egypt uh, from Sheba from from uh, that region over in Africa where the Queen of Sheba came from she presented that as a gift to King Solomon and they were planted in the region of Gilead which is mountainous it kind of takes care of itself you know, it's that kind of land that is irrigated, watered very well. And it, they, those plants began, the trees began to grow pretty wild. And so what they would do, that there were several ways of extracting the uh, essence or the oil from the fruit of that plant. And people would begin to distill it. There were several different layers of it that could be distilled and, and the oil wicked out into bottles so that it could be used. And, and it was used for a lot of, of chronic kind of situations and illnesses. It was known to cure asthma, coughing, vertigo, that is uh, lightheadedness. 
it was also a cure for epilepsy. There were, um, uh, it worked on internal organs quite a bit. It was a diuretic. It also, if, if people knew how to use it and give it the right time and the right amount, caused abortions. So God was watching them and saying, oh, y'all are sick around there. How come there isn't there any bomb? You've been, you've been relying on that. You've not been relying on my word. So this is kind of like a, um, a, um, uh, a revelation, an exposure kind of a thing. Oh, what, you don't have any doctors there anymore? Huh? No physician there? You don't have anybody treat your people? Huh? You've been relying on that? Why y'all still sick down there? Because you got something that natural medicine won't cure. I'm going to say it again. Because you got something that natural medicine won't cure. See, we're going to all get there. There's a disease natural medicine won't be able to take care of. Look at the controversy over whether you get the jab or not. Huh? Hmm. I mean, and it's not that there's nothing to cure it. We've got medicine that takes care of it. been proven. They won't let us take it. Oh. 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 I guess we do need the word, don't we? Huh? I guess we do need to fight Rona with the word. Huh? Yeah, right. So, so this bomb and Gilead thing was was like a um, it was a it was a exposure thing. God was exposing them. They've been relying on this for the longest time instead of coming to the priest, obeying God, doing what they were supposed to do. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> so God wants us to rely on Him, but first of all, the Word is a bomb. We need a bomb. We need a comfort. We need, and that's really what a bomb does. It, it's a soothing aspect to the Word of God. It's a comforting aspect to the Word of God. You know, if, if you say your symptoms don't subside quickly, or you don't lose them the first time you begin to minister the Word to yourself, that, that Word, the fact that you know that that word will do it should be a comfort to you. You shouldn't walk around angry because you still got symptoms. You shouldn't walk around angry because there's there's still something left to do. That word that you're d- depending on and relying on and meditating on and feeding on should have a comfort element and a peace element to it initially when you hear it. And I know it does if you'll pay attention to it. That's what keeps us coming back to church week after week. Because we know we've got, you've got evidence in the natural right now that that word has worked on you because you're comforted, you have peace about it, you're not worried about it. You've got the biggest portion of it when you mix your faith with it. Because it'll keep you in perfect peace until the rest of it shows up. If you don't lose your place of peace, if you don't walk away from it, it'll keep you peaceful and comfortable until it manifests. You see people who are standing on the word, very few of them are suffering. God will give them something. You need something. And he's not going to say, don't take no pain pill because you got to. He's not like that. Amen. And don't feel condemned if you have to take something because you're uncomfortable. But stay in the word. 
mean, don't get dependent on anything natural. Amen. Your own personal balm because you, you want to bypass God. You're not bypassing him. You're going to him. Amen. You're going to him. Psalm 107.20 tells us he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from what? Our destructions. Now, it can be things you're doing that are destroying you. could be things that were done to you that have caused damage to you. Whatever it is, he sent his word. Amen. And and it says, oh, that men would praise God for his goodness. So when you know he sent his word, begin to praise him. Amen. That word will work on you consistently through praise. Amen. Just just put yourself in remembrance of what he's told you and start to praise him for it. Amen. Amen. I was thinking I was trying to think of a way to demonstrate the the um the power of praise and the effect of praise. You know, when Jesus said uh, the Pharisees forbid bid the kids and children of Israel uh, who were coming into Jerusalem behind Jesus to praise him. They were angry, forbidding them. And Jesus said, if, if these cease to praise me, the rocks will cry out. Amen? So I was thinking about getting a, a rock and putting a, a, a <laughs> one of these masks over, over it, like covering its mouth up. <laughs> you know, you're not going to shut up. You're not going to do it. I'm praising. Hallelujah. You're not going to do that instead of me. No, shut up, Rock. I'm doing it. Shut up, Rock. You can't do it. Amen. Put a muzzle on the rock. (laughs) As for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord. And we're going to lift him up at all times. His praise will continually be in our mouths. Amen. Amen. No dull days, no crazy days, no sick days, no none of them days. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So he sent his word and healed them. Amen. That word is sent. It it can be sent in them reading the Bible. It can be sent in a person going to speak the word and pray over them. It can be sent in a tape or in a recording, whatever it is, a a video, a CD. But he will get his word to us. Thank God he sends his word. Amen. Thank God you don't have to be everywhere you think you're supposed to be in order to get the healing. The healing comes through the word, not through a person. Now, there are some people who are anointed specially for that. Why? They paid the price to be able to do it. You can do the same thing. So many people don't want to do this and don't want to do that and don't think it's for them. You read Mark 16, 17, and 18 and see what you come up with. Believers will lay hands on the sick. Anybody who believes. Amen. Anybody who believes. You know, some some people who have had the best track records with uh, getting people healed rely totally on reading the Bible to them. Now, before Brother Hagen got anointed with healing gifts, they came much later in his ministry. 
You understand what I'm saying? He had been praying for the sick since the 1930s and through the 40s. He didn't get a visitation from Jesus until 1950. So he'd been praying for the sick for, you know, 15, 20 years. But he relied on filling them with the word, faith in the word. You don't rely on a gift to show up to get you instantly healed if you can't believe every day that you're healed. It won't stick. That's why a lot of people with healing ministries that started out real strong kind of hit a flat. Where they were looking for God to do more and more didn't come. And, and many of them get discouraged and abandon it because they, they, they're thinking wrong. So what they need to start doing is spending more time in the Word. God, where do I take the ministry from here? What's, what's next, God? What do I do next in order to get more signs and wonders? And sometimes God will say, why do you want more signs and wonders? So people can notice you more? I've given you enough notice. Notoriety among man. See, Jesus is the only one who could handle the fame. The people running after him. People pulling on him. And he's the only one who could handle that. Most humans can't do it. So that's why God has to give a little bit over here, a little bit over there, some over here, some over there. Amen? But the gifts manifest as the Spirit wills. There's no guarantee that if you got a certain person to come and pray for somebody, that they're going to be totally healed right there on the spot. There's no guarantee of that. That stuff happens as the Spirit wills. But I know this much. If you're a believer, you can read your Bible every day. You can meditate on the Scriptures day and night. In fact, the Bible says to do that. Amen? So let's quit trying to cheat. And let's just do what God says to do. Let's pay the price for it. Amen. If if you get a receipt where you paid for something, you don't have to worry about nobody coming to repossess it. Faith is the price you pay. Do what you need to do to develop your faith. And God will deliver. Amen. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. When when God sends the word, it's not just a sentence or or a phrase. There is a thought conveyed in it. There's a thought conveyed in God's word all the time. Just like your words, there's a thought conveyed in the words that you speak. Amen. Now, people say, well, I didn't mean to say that. No, you didn't mean for people to know you thought like that. Oh, boy. Everybody does it. You know, there are things that we say, if it comes out of you, it came out of you because you were thinking it at some point. Maybe not right then, but at some point that thought went through your mind. Many times they go through unchecked when we need to check them. Amen. Just say, nope, I'm not going to think like that. You know, I'm walking in love. Love doesn't think like that. Love thinks the best. Love 
you know, believes the best, whatever it is, you know. But the point I'm trying to make is that there's a thought conveyed in every word. That's why sometimes, you know, there's there's things, passages of scripture that we don't quite understand. And it's not because they're so hard to understand. The Holy Spirit understands it all. You have him living in you. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One. You know everything. Whereby you can know all things. You have access to the knowledge of all things. And so once you understand that there is a thought conveyed in every word of God, it's worth meditating on. Because you might memorize Isaiah 53 Four, you understand, and surely, and by His stripes we are healed. And you, 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 went, it went through your mind on the freeway on I seventy five again. But you need to pull, pull that down out of there, and meditate on it. See, it's through meditation that you get the intent of the word, not just the words. But the thought that God had behind that phrase when he delivered it. So meditation opens you up to the mind, the thought, the intent of God in everything that he speaks. So the word includes that. It's it's a package. There's so much in that word. It's exploding with the mind of God on the inside of it. And it's through meditating on it. Stop and think and mull it over and toss it back and forth in your head. Savor it like you would good wine. It's not in a plastic carton. <laughs> they had a cork in it. Amen. If you were so inclined. And, 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 and savor that word. Don't let it depart. Grab on to it. When the Bible says don't let it depart from your eyes and from your mind. It's because you want to keep it in the midst of your heart. That's how you get it in your heart is you don't let it depart from your eyes and from your thoughts. Why? Because we're easily distracted and it can go from us very quickly. And that's what God's telling us. Grab on to it because it can get away from you. Amen? Excuse me. How does it get away from you? Through lack of attention. Putting your attention on something else getting easily distracted you know cell phones are a convenience you know electronic things are a convenience but they're also a big distraction you have to like now it used to be that we we had time you know, before tv and all that kind of stuff came into existence people had time they they read their bibles in the evenings that was like the family entertainment kind of thing uh, because the whole family was there. They worked hard. If they were in the farm, they worked hard on the farm, came home, got the family together, had dinner. After dinner, you had free time. Men would do crafts or work or something like that around the house. Women would knit, you know, make clothes for the family, whatever. Life was a little, it was simpler. It was a little harder. But there was leisure time where you could meditate on God, begin to give God the freedom to speak to you, all of that. When television, radio and television, all those things came in, it was like, boom. Now you got to force yourself away from those things. 
to make time for the Lord. Amen? And so we're going to have to learn how to do that. When you say, I'm going to spend my time in the Word, you got to mean that. Amen. You got to set yourself if there's some some amusements. There's nothing wrong with amusements, folks. It's not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying if it's not in the right priority and you don't give enough time, it's easy to not give enough time to the word. That's that's my point. So you need to have built-in things around you where the word's always there. Put some scriptures up. We used to do that diligently when we were first saved you need to be first saved again amen you need to be born again again if that's possible but you know what i mean get yourself re re-educated in the basics of keeping the word near you amen fight back you know look at your t-shirt when you walk past the mirror and read it to yourself you understand what i'm saying that kind of stuff and so we we have to now fight. That's what I'm saying. Our battle is to keep the word in front of us to obey Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. Amen. So we said the word is a comfort. It's a balm. It's a a a peace. It's a um a reassurance. I would say the word comes and it reassures you. If nothing else. If your symptoms don't leave immediately, at least you know you can expect them to when you hear the word. Amen. So it, now you've got to transfer your expectation from it getting worse to it getting better and to healed. Amen. And so once you hear the word one time, you've got to continue to hear it to keep yourself on track for the receiving the total manifestation of what you believe in God for. You gotta stay on track for that. And so you can't let the word depart from your eyes. You gotta keep hiding it in your heart over and over and over again. Get a, a different aspect of it. Get a new face on it if you need to. Amen? Uh, get, that's why it's good to have some of these apps on your phone with the different translations of the word. There's nothing wrong with reading another translation. Amen. Just to get it expands your understanding. If it helps you expand your understanding, then it's good. And all you're getting, get understanding. So, uh, so God wants us. He sent His Word and He healed us, delivered us from our destructions. Meditation gives us God's context. It gives us God's intent. It gives us God's mind and what he really means when he says, by his stripes you are healed and you were healed. We get, if we meditate on that, you know, don't let Mel Gibson get more out of that scripture than you do. Amen. He said that God gave, he was depressed. He had been depressed for years, he finally confessed. His life was terrible. He's an alcoholic. And he said he began to meditate on the stripes of Jesus. I said, well, cool. Well, he's Catholic. They've got pictures, statues of Jesus going to the cross in that church. And for some reason, I don't know if he was encouraged to, came to him on his own. But he said when he did that, out of his meditation came his healing. No Bible much. I don't know if he reads the Bible or not, but from his background, I mean, he, 
he would go to Latin mass. I mean, if you go to a Latin mass, you 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 don't have a lot of. I remember I used to on this day, you know what I'm saying, that kind of stuff. We went through that when I was a kid. I knew more Latin and didn't understand it than I knew English sometimes. You know, just <laughs> it's true, but you don't have the interpretation. I I grew up when I grew up. I took Latin and I said, "Is that what we were saying, Lamb of God?" You know, all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying is. God will help you, even if it's in a language you don't understand, if you'll focus on it. Amen. <laughs> so he said, <laughs> amen. So there is no word of Luke 137. I want you to go there. So I like that scripture. Sometimes you like these things for a season. You put them away. I said, Lord, I'm going to go back to these notes of mine. I'm going to read them over and over again. God, please help me to keep my word to myself. Amen. Amen. What I say, Luke 1, say 37. Nope, 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 nope. That's not the right scripture. I think it's maybe too. Oh, I got that one wrong, folks. Oh, mm-mm. Now, I have to come back to that, but the scripture said there is no word of God that is void of power. Amen. That is absent of power. Every word that God speaks is full of power, and it's power to manifest itself. Amen. It says um, we have to let people who have power speak the word of God. You have to speak the word of God because you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. Every word that you speak from the Bible is full of power. Some people have have said that they read the word out loud to themselves. They would go through seasons where they really needed something, needed a breakthrough. They would walk the floor in their home and speak the word of God aloud to themselves until they believed it. Amen. Till you get a breakthrough. So wherever we speak the word, power is released. Whatever word you speak, power is released. God's word is his method to affect his will. It won't come any other way. We have to respect and rely on heavenly medicine, which is the word of God, according to Proverbs 4. His word is his healing agent in the earth. He sent his word and healed them. The word is his healing agent. That's the agency by which God heals is through his word. Amen. Even if it's through a gift of the spirit. That word has to be spoken first before the spirit has anything to latch on to to manifest. Amen. Or he responds to an expectant heart that is open and already like the woman with the issue of blood. She she had the word in her. She said in her heart already what she was going to get when she touched him. But that word was working in her already. That word is what healed her. The touch is what released the power. Amen? To make it real. 
Amen. So, whenever the word is taught, healing is released. Whenever the word is taught, healing is released. Luke chapter 6. Verse 17, it says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and a great company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Jesus has a crowd that comes from four cities at one time. Hello? No bullhorn, no advertising. No gimmicks. No, the first first four that show up will get this and that and the other. Oh, I'm convinced that if we pray long enough, we'll get what God has for us. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we pray a little bit. Sometimes we pray not at all. You understand for certain things I'm saying. Um, especially if you're looking to to allow God to do what he wants to do with your life and with your ministry. But these people came from all kinds of places to hear him. And all he ever said was, God's anointed me to do these things. And people flocked, which shows you people want those things done. They don't want to come to a church that lets them come and they live in sin. You know, even though it's the biggest church in the city and everybody goes there, be nice to find out really how many people are are saved. You know, you you rarely can find that out. Amen. But God knows. But if you get them in there and you never preach the gospel, you never preach deliverance, you won't get much deliverance. They won't get much help. You want to help the people. You don't just want numbers. You want you want God to show up and do something for these people so they're not disappointed. Amen. So, so uh, his his word becomes his healing agent in the earth. So it says all these people came, says, to hear him. They came with a purpose. People who really want God will go to church and go with a purpose. You see people who are not going to church, they don't have a purpose for going. They think they're okay. Hello? They think they don't know. I get me. I get my word on this, that, and other. Y'all still doing that? Huh? Oh yeah. You still going to that church? Uh huh. Where you go? And when do you go? How often do you go? Oh, I see why you don't come here anymore because we expect everybody to be here all the time. So you can get into a place where there's little expectation. Hello? It's easy to float downstream like a dead fish. But if you're going to be in the, the current with God, you might have to have a little backbone, swim upstream a little bit. Come when it's tough. <laughs> Come when it's rough and tough. <laughs> You know, a lot of people, numbers were dwindling before COVID, and after COVID, you couldn't even get in your own church anymore. How you like them apples? Talk about rough and tough. Amen? 
Treasure what you have, folks. Always treasure what you have. Because, see, there are people, it slipped away from them, and they don't know how to get it back. They would come back if they knew how. Pride keeps them from doing it. You'll never, you never make that transition in pride. You have to humble yourself to find your way back to God. So it says here, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And that's the best case scenario. Jesus is there to teach, preach, and heal, and they're there to receive healing. Amen. You had the group of Pharisees that came to judge and criticize and interrupt and see if they could find a cause to arrest the preacher. Amen. But that didn't stop people from coming to hear and be healed. Churches go dead because the Pharisees begin to dominate and convince people that the preacher don't know what they're doing. Huh? Sure. Happens all the time. You should, you should, you should, uh, no, that's not right. Nah, I, I know, cause let me show you in the word. Let me show, let me get my Bible out. I'll teach you something. Huh? So it says here that in, in, to hear and to be healed of their diseases. They knew that they wanted God to heal them. It wasn't just like a group of people and you are observing and he heals other people. These people came with their own faith. They began to add their faith to the atmosphere. They be there with such an expectancy there. Amen. Because Jesus had told them in advance what to expect. Come and be healed. Come and let God take your suffering away. Come and let God help you. Amen. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and God healed them too. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him. And he healed them all. All. Amen. And so this anointing, folks, extremely powerful. It has heavenly medicine in it. The word of God has heavenly medicine. The word and the spirit must agree. Whenever the word of God is spoken, the Holy Spirit agrees with that word. Amen? Never doubt when you speak God's word that the Holy Spirit won't back it up. Because he'll back it up. He'll make it powerful. He will do what you expect him to do. He will do what you speak he will do. Amen? We start getting the faith in us to say God's going to heal everybody in here. If God tells you that, he'll do it. Amen? And he will do it. He wants everybody well. But see, what happens is most people hear, oh, right now. You understand? And when right now, don't, because your flesh wants everything right now. Maybe God wants you to school yourself. Maybe he wants you to come away from some of your little distractions and toys. Long enough to teach yourself the word. Hey? You know, I, the, it, it just, it, it kind of goes without saying. People that don't really have to pay for anything don't value it a lot sometimes. You know, I mean, look at all the, the uh, young people who have borrowed money to go to college. Now, back in the day, we had people that barely got in there. When they got in there, 
They work very hard. That's where some of your best scientists, that's where some of your best doctors, some of your best educators came through the do-it-yourself thing. Put your effort into it. Uh, you know, put your money into it. Uh, go to school. I mean, go to work and, and take your time. Pay, you know, take your time. Go to school part-time and go to work full-time until you get your courses paid for in advance, all that kind of stuff. Now that all you do is sign on the dotted line, there's so many degrees out there, they don't know what to do with all these people. Do you understand? And the the value, the knowledge that's coming out is less than it was even 10 years ago. It's dropped consistently. And you can gauge it with what they are doing as far as people paying the price for their education. So don't be alarmed if God will give you reassurance that you're healed and give you understanding that you are healed. And it might take a little time. Stay in the word. That's your test. Your test is whether you're going to stay in the word and let your faith develop so you can hold on to it. Amen. After you receive the full manifestation. Always be expecting though. Because you can be healed at any time according to God's word. You don't know when he's going to do it. Amen. And so when you when you understand that. Stay in the word. God needs people who are continually building their faith. Because that's what he looks for all the time. Amen. Alright. Why don't we stop. We thank you Father for your word. We thank you, Lord, that, that your word is heavenly medicine. Thank you, Lord, you sent your word and healed them. There is no word of God that is void of power. And we thank you, Lord, for releasing the power that's in your word on everybody who's here today. In the name of Jesus, let us be filled to overflowing with your word. Let your word be manifested in our lives on a continual basis. Let us have your power continually because we feed on your word, Lord. We meditate on your word. We savor your word. We taste and see that your word is good. And we thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of everything that we desire in its season. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you.